Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki. I'm a director, writer, and a producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it uh, in the, for the first time in the world. But before I do so, I thought it would be interesting to present uh, information about the Buddhism and the history of the Buddhism so that people uh, can enjoy my documentary at maximum value once it comes out. So without further ado, I have a scholar and one of the most intelligent people that I met in my life, Michael Jordan Van Hatzenbelt. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much for having me back, Yujiro. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Michael, so I've been asking you pretty tough questions and you've been doing really great uh, answering these questions in five minutes or so. Yeah, you've been asking a lot of tough questions. I've been struggling with it. So I'm grateful that you're being so gracious as to say that I'm doing a great job with it. It's difficult to uh, make these things easy to understand, but I'm doing my best. I think you hang out with the uh, Japanese people too much because you're too humble about that. <laughs> and I think, you know, I mean, not many people can answer these tough questions very easily. So I really commend you and appreciate you for that. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you having me back. Awesome. So today's question is uh, another big question, but ho I hope it's a little smaller one. Uh, so what are Buddhist sutras? So when I uh, talk about the Buddhism and when I hear about people talking about Buddhism, they talk about the sutra a lot. So, you know, Diamond Sutra, Lotus Sutra, you know, uh, Sutra there, Sutra there. But if we don't know anything about sutra, we don't know what they're talking about and we cannot enjoy the talk and, uh, you know, uh, all the things uh, they're talking about. So I want you to explain a little bit about Sutra and also I want you to explain what Lotus Sutra is. I said Lotus Sutra because Lotus Sutra is one of the most important sutras in Mahayana tradition and people talk about it all the time. So please tell us about it. Okay, so for this very small topic that you just decided to drop on me, I will try to make it as simple as possible. So a sutra is a type of uh, religious literature um, that is present in a lot of different Asian religious traditions, such as Hinduism, Jainism, and Buddhism. Um, the word sutra, it's got two different meanings. One, it can mean discourse. The other, it can mean thread. Um, both, however, refer to this constant, this idea, this line of ideas that goes through that is consistent that is true and that is easy to memorize and easy to learn and easy to repeat. Now, sutras were originally oral traditions. They were repeated for future generations to remember. But uh, after around the first century, uh, B around the first century BCE, um, Buddhist sutras actually began to be written down in Pali, which is a language from, uh, you know, it's related to Sanskrit. Now, the early Buddhist um, traditions, the teachings were compiled into a series of uh, collections, and these ended up becoming known as the Tripitaka of the Theravada Buddhist school. Now, the Tripitaka has three different parts, um, the three baskets. 
There's one uh, basket, one pitaka of monastic law. There is one section, one pitaka of sermons, which are the sutras. And there is one basket of special teachings. So in the school of sutras, in this section about sutras, it records the teachings of the Buddha, the historical Buddha, while he was living. Now, stories say that he delivered over 10,000 sermons during his life. And if there was no written tradition at that time, how could they be remembered? Now, thankfully, the Buddha had somebody beside him named Ananda. Ananda was his prime disciple, his closest disciple. And Ananda had such a good memory that he was able to memorize every single one of these sermons from the historical Buddha. And as he repeated these, they eventually were memorized by other people. And then as it kept on going forward in an oral tradition, finally it was written down when the writing opportunity existed. Now you did ask about the Lotus Sutra. So the Lotus Sutra, it literally means Sutra on the White Lotus of the Sublime Law. Um, it's one of the most popular and influential sutras, as you said, in the Mahayana tradition. And it is the basis for many different branches of Buddhism that come out of Mahayana, including Tendai and Nichiren. So the Lotus Sutra, it's known for its extensive instruction on the concept and usage of skillful means. So this is talking pr pretty much about the one vehicle by which you can become a Buddha. Now, the one vehicle, it's also known as the Bodhisattva path. Now, the Bodhisattva path, you follow it to become a Buddha eventually. Um, when you become a Bodhisattva, you are, as we mentioned two episodes ago, that you are helping to guide other beings, other less fortunate beings, to find enlightenment. Now, the Lotus Sutra, it actually details the steps of this path. It details the steps of this one vehicle. And... What makes the Lotus Sutra so special, actually, is that the Lotus Sutra, it describes that anybody has the potential to become a Buddha. You don't have to be a Bodhisattva anymore. In fact, if you are an evil person, if you are an animal, if you are a, a woman, um, and I has, uh, it's, it's difficult to say that because, you know, historically, only men could achieve Buddhahood. But the Lotus Sutra in the Mahayana tradition served to turn this entire idea onto its head. And it said that, yes, women, yes, evil people, yes, even animals can achieve enlightenment. So really what the Lotus Sutra is doing is it's subverting. It is overthrowing the common Theravadan thought of Buddhism, and it is establishing a new tradition on which anyone can become a Buddha. And it's... I think a very important and very historically significant sutra for that reason. So to, I guess, summarize what we talked about in this episode, a sutra is a sermon that has been recorded in first in oral tradition, but then in written form. It is a sermon that the historical Buddha would have spoken or one of his disciples or one of his closest friends. And then the Lotus Sutra specifically is a sutra that details how any being that is caught in the cycle of rebirth can achieve Buddhahood. Beautiful. beautiful. So I'll give you a one surprise question. Okay. Okay. So those sutras, 
they are different from the scriptures from a, uh, like a Jesus Christ or like a, a, I mean, not Jesus Christ never wrote that, that scripture, but you know what I mean, like a Christian yeah. scriptures. So uh, are they different from a, a Christian scriptures or, you know, some, there's a something, sim, there, was, there are some similarities to it. Okay, so the Christian scriptures, they talk a lot about the uh, stories of Jesus Christ himself. And they talk about the experiences of the disciples and the followers of Jesus. Um, especially in the New Testament, you see something like that. Uh, when we talk about the Buddha scriptures, we're talking about also not so much the experiences of the Buddha himself and the Buddha's followers, but we're looking more at the experiences of the celestial Buddhas of the bodhisattvas, of the beings who exist beyond the terrestrial experience that we have here. And at the same time, the sutras also sort of lay the foundation for how these bodhisattvas act, and they lay the foundation for how these bodhisattvas are depicted um, and how they can be pictured in the mind and they lay the foundation for how they are supposed to act. And in the, especially in the esoteric, especially in the Vajrayana tradition, which we will discuss next week, um, I'm just gonna give a little bit of a spoiler. Buddhist practitioners are encouraged to choose one of these deities and mimic their behaviors and use them as a tutelary deity by which that they themselves can meditate. And so if you are looking to mimic, if you are looking to emulate, if you are looking to channel this deity, what better way to understand how to do that and how to act like them than to read about them in these sutras? Wow. I was blow, I'm blown away too. <laughs> Thank you very much. It, it's, I hope that's easy for people to understand. If it is not easy for people to understand, I encourage people to ask questions below in the comment section, and I will try to return and answer them as quickly as possible and as succinctly as possible. Great. Awesome. So, Michael, uh, quick, quickly tell us uh, about what's going on in your world. Okay, so I'm really looking forward to May 1st. May 1st is when I will be giving a presentation at the Terasaki Nibe Foundation in West L.A., um, May 1st, uh, 7 p.m., I'll be talking about strange Buddhist sculptures in Japan. So looking specifically at sculptures like the Amida, looking over his shoulder. Why does he do that? We have no idea. Actually, I have a clue, and I will tell you at, during that presentation. Awesome, awesome. Great, so make sure to go to the presentation, because uh, uh, as usual, it's uh, free, right? It's free, yeah, it's free for anybody to attend. Okay, awesome. Great. So if you guys think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe my page, uh, Carving the Divine uh, TV page, and also uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram and like uh, my uh, Facebook fan page because that's how we do it in the 21st century. That's how we do it. That's right. No way out of it. So No way out of it. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. So thank you so much, Michael, and I'll see you next time. See you next time. Take care. Take care.